I think after marriage equality passed, a little part of that defence or that conditioning just softened to be like, well, it's a little bit more safer now, you know, to come out. So, but it still took a long time to listen to that voice. My name is Harriet. I'm a lesbian woman living on Wurundjeri country, and I'm the artist development manager at Midsummer Festival. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Brakalung lands of the Gunai Kurnai Nation, and pay my respects to elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. The episode you're about to hear is with Pollyanna, who is a rebellious social justice artist living in Morwell. Pollyanna shares about how her identity is very fluid and she often moves between a lot of the LGBTQIA acronym. She has completed several powerful photographic projects which explore what it means to be queer in Gippsland. She shares some of her artistic process with us, including her work within the disability community and how she aims to capture an individual's unique spirit. Let's meet Pollyanna. I'm Pollyanna. I'm an artist in Gippsland. I identify as she, her, and I move between all the letters and all the ways. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I I guess, like, in one way, I still very much identify as lesbian, but now I'm kind of in the bisexual camp again and, you know, or pan, poly, yeah, pan, like, it's all, it's nice to be able to, like it was really liberating coming out as lesbian, but it's also really nice to be in this fluid state as well. Um, yeah. When did you come to understand that you could be fluid? I I was pretty much asexual, not really dating that much in my 20s because I was just kind of work obsessed and it just wasn't a very big priority. And I think I was also questioning like my own sexuality for a really long time. All my friends were gay. Everyone I hanged out with was gay, but I just never, never felt the need to kind of, I thought, oh, if I got a girlfriend, I'd come out. Or mm. if I got a boyfriend, I wouldn't have to sort of thing. So, um, and yeah, when I, I had my first girlfriend, that was when I came out and I was 30. So I was quite late and then really loved that identity. Like, really yeah I felt really complete in myself and it led to a lot of healing and beautiful friendships and relationships. Tell me about well tell me what you do here in Gippsland and yeah chaos that's probably right (laughs) I'm yeah I'm a bit of a I'm a, a rebellious social justice artist so I do a lot of uh, visibility around social justice issues and a lot around 
the queer community as well as disability and environmental. So I have a background in photography. So I was trained as like a commercial photographer to like Photoshop women's bodies and hopefully get a job shooting for the mines or something like that. Um, So I came from very rigid, male-dominated, toxic commercial photography world. And I love portraiture and I just became more and more unhappy and wedding photography is just horrendous. Um, so like my, I, I just kind of kept choosing projects that really inspired me and I thought were really important. And it was around, yeah, giving visibility and sharing the stories of complex social issues that people just have like assumptions about but when they're presented with a portrait of someone that looks very similar to them or they can see the similarities but they have a very different life story it kind of bridges this gap so that's what a lot of my work is about is just helping um, minorities and different organizations communicate a message through yeah people and I have a gallery here in Morwell so that's just like the red tape free space during COVID when everyone's locked down I could see that doing public art doing workshops doing community gathering was gonna become really intense and hard and if someone had an idea or an artist wanted to try something they just had to talk to one person and get it done and and get it out there so the space is very community orientated and like responds to needs like hosting mm. a podcast trailer <laughs> at the front <laughs> yeah yeah cool. so yeah mm. very lucky is there a particular project that you've worked on that you're most proud of and has had the biggest impact yeah i think for me the one that's still echoing through the region would be like the I Do Support Marriage Equality campaign. So that was a portrait project of photographing anyone who supported marriage equality. And we started that project uh, two years before the plebiscite. So our local MP, Darren Chester, just came out randomly out of the woodwork and said he supported marriage equality and he was in the National Party. And there was this huge blow up and they wanted him booted out because it was against policy like national policy and it just got really violent in the media it was just kind of like everything that happened in the plebiscite but it happened in our town Mm. in our media and all of a sudden it was all in our homes and we were really unprepared for those conversations and to defend ourselves as well and we had very little resources as well so I was kind of asked like can we do something and so we just put it out to the community and it was done really fast it was just done through a Facebook that if you support marriage equality come have your photo taken and share it online to show your public support and that's We only thought we'd do one shoot Mm -hmm. um, in sale. And then we did it and like 200 people came. It was crazy. 
And then we got invited to go to Bensdale and then Minion and Morwell and Terrelgan and um, Wahala, Warrigal. So we just kept getting invited and we just ended up on this big road trip photographing all over Gippsland people who supported marriage equality and for us it was really about fighting those negative messages with love like the main thing we wanted people to know regionally that like if you are gay or thinking about coming out like it's safe you're loved you don't have to to go to the city like the negative voices are very loud at the moment but they're not representative of what our what Gippsland is like there are lots of people that support um and care and it's can be a really great place to live so that was our main motivation that young people didn't feel yeah that they had to leave their hometown to Mm. be who they are because a lot of us did leave for Mm. that you Mm -hmm. know Historically, people leave regional towns to come out because there's not many of us. You know, I'm really lucky I live in Latrobe Valley where we have a pretty big population that's very connected. But, yeah, the the only gay in the village is very much like a reality in a lot of small towns in Gippsland. It's a huge area. Like some of my closest friends were all people that I met all over Gippsland through this project. So... I was really lucky that I actually found my community um, through doing the work, which is still my community. And then, yeah, I came out when I was 30, so I came out five years later. And I think after marriage equality passed, a little part of that defence or that conditioning just softened to be like, well, it's a little bit more safer now, you know, to come out so but it still took a long time to listen to that voice yeah the conditioning's very real mm. you know and my family was great it wasn't like I was in a really close-minded family I think it was just overall mm. tone of regional Victoria yeah. yeah but yeah this is amazing tell me about this person that you chose to put on the front cover of the I do support marriage equality in Gippsland publication. Yeah, so um, I can't remember her name, but she's a Centra. (laughs) So I call her Grandma Centra and she she just became iconic. So her grandchildren, I think, were non-binary and gay and her daughter actually led a really big... During the plebiscide, she held the rally in sales. That was really quite big as well. So the Centras have been advocating as well as allies and I just loved it like as soon as I photographed it it was just like this badass grandma with this handbag and these big glasses (laughs) just and I guess for me it was a real symbol of like breaking down that assumption of who supports marriage equality like the people I was photographing weren't these crazy out there gays covered in glitter it was the mums and the grandparents and the children. It was mainly allies who came out to show their support for our community. So 
you think like in regional towns, like old people are really conservative and go to church and are the ones, the boomers are the problem, you know, but then no, the grandmas, the grandmas showed up, you know, they were the first ones Mm. there. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) What's your, do you have any tactic or technique when you come across someone who is openly conservative and openly sort of, not willing to explore or accept. Funny enough, those kind of people, they ask me, like, they'll say quite openly they don't get it and then they'll say something really homophobic out of ignorance. And you can have a story with them. You can be like, well, oh, that's interesting. Like, what, what makes you feel that way? And... Then I find, like, after two minutes of talking with them, oh, but my son's gay or my cousin was gay, but we didn't call it back then, or they do know someone that they love who is gay, transgender, you know, they're only one degree removed, and then they are more open to it or seeing it from a different perspective. I think... That was probably back then. Now I'm not really that interested in having the conversation anymore. I'm just like, well, that's a shit point of view. And the conversation now really is around non-binary and transgender rights. And that is actually horrific to listen to. The transphobia and the violence. And that's devastating to hear and you want to correct it as much as you can but when they default to there's only men and women and it's so core to their belief structure I think there's generally trauma around like I think people who are so bound by those boundaries or that separation they're rejecting a part of themselves that challenges that you know and that's painful you know because you feel like well if you opened your mind a little bit you might find freedom within yourself and peace in a peace within yourself but there's google <laughs> you know like it's not yeah. like it was 10 years ago it's a very public conversation and um so it's a bit like personal accountability yeah taking responsibility how did the I do love what is it I do love queer disability disability. yeah so that's in partnership with Midsummer so that was part of their regional events activation so this is the second year I've done I do love queer in Gippsland. So last year was the first time I'd done a queer project since I do. And I didn't want to do photography again. Like I wanted, like my art practice has changed as well. So I do a lot more watercolour now than photography. And so the first one was I do take pride so it's like really celebrating how far that we'd come and it was celebrating the activists and icons of Gippsland that got us there. And so this year I wanted to focus on 
the contribution that our disabled community has come to make to our um, rights as LGBTQI. Um, And it also comes on the back of marriage equality because people with disability, um, regardless if they're queer or not, don't have marriage equality. So um, if they marry their partner, they can lose their pension and their independence So, because it's based on combined income. Mm. So it instantly puts people in a very vulnerable position where they don't have the support they need to live independently of their spouse. So we still don't have marriage equality in Australia. And for me, I feel that like a lot of people in the idea movement were had disabilities, like they know how to advocate for rights because they have to do it every day. So a lot of the big movement that's happened in Australia and the world has been led by disability and these people are often the most sickest, tightest, have the most social barriers of access, not just physical access, but, you know, it takes them so much more effort and work to do this work than it is for, like, people not that don't have disabilities and yet they're the ones stepping up doing the work, you know. And so this was all about just acknowledging them and hearing their stories and understanding the challenges of being queer regionally but being queer with a disability. Instead of painting, I'm doing a process called photogravure. So I'm, I'm taking their portraits on a white background, but then I digitally etch those into a photopolymer metal plate and then that's exposed and etched into the plate and then I ink it up like a traditional print and put it through a printing press so it's not through a digital printer or anything like that and then I'll be hand watercolouring on top of that. Wow. So they're designed to be really beautiful fine art Mm. portraits of them Mm. as a gift to give to them but also to have a unique mm. representation of that community mm. as well. So, yeah. what, What's the feedback that you've been getting from the participants? Well, Sky, who yes. you interviewed this morning, um, like they said, it's just been great to hear queer and disability in the same sentence in Gippsland, that to acknowledge that there's a huge community in Gippsland and it's important and they're wonderful, and to celebrate them. Um, Just the space for them to share their story. You know, they've all got amazing stories and have done amazing things and contributed to our movement in so many powerful ways that has gone unrecognised, really, yeah. What do you think has been the biggest takeaway for you from that particular project? The demand. Like, I only I only have managed to photograph eight people 
yeah, I think I photographed eight. I could have photographed 40, you know, we have a waiting list of people who want their portraits and stories told, which was actually more than my last project. Um, so the demand for recognition and celebration is huge, which is exciting. So, yeah, I, I think there's a huge potential to keep documenting these stories and taking these portraits and why not? Mm. They're beautiful people, you know, so, Yeah. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> Before we finish, um, I was going to get you to take a question out of the Ooh. question bar, which these questions have been written by people before you. Oh, okay. All over oh Victoria. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was like an incense chamber or something like that. <laughs> okay. All right. What does non-binary mean to you? Oh, that's a good one. Um... For me, I think it's like balancing the masculine and the feminine energy and not letting that energy be defined by a role in society. So um, non-binary to me is just being who you are, a person, a human in this world. So I feel like everyone can be non-binary like we are human first and I think it's very liberating I feel really comforted seeing young people identifying that way and knowing that they have that freedom within their life to not be defined by a role like females look dress behave this way and men look dress and behave that way and that's just the way it is, like, to have, to, to be non-binary, to say I am all of this and none of this and I'm open to everything and know myself. I think it's really, it's going to change our society. I think it's already changed our society. So it gives me a lot of hope and I don't think the confusion will last very long, you know. I think in the future it's going to become the the base you're not going to assume anyone is anyone so as you're not going to assume someone's female and then assign all this rubbish to them you're going to not be able to do that which means you're just seeing everyone as human and have lots of different expressions and all of it is valid yeah thank you is there anything else that you'd like to say as a, a final word I think if you feel like that things are too hard or like when when things are getting really political or homophobic or transphobic or the outside world discussion can be quite daunting and challenging and depressing and you're not sure what you can do, just focus on the doing the thing that you love. Like don't think you have to be something or, you know, be a photographer that can photograph 2,000 people. Like, look at what you love and what you can contribute and just do that. Just do what you can with the skills that you have and that's enough. Like, that is more than enough and enjoy it and your contribution does matter and it matters because it's your unique. Only you can contribute 
your particular way to the world and it does make a huge, huge difference in the long run. And you'll find the community will find you and love you for it. So, yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you so much. It was cute. So intimate. I love it. It's like our little dome. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know we're in Morwell. I know, right? You just get kind of lost in here. Yeah. And I was actually thinking that when we were talking. Like, I've just suddenly felt like we now own the womb. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on out there. And yeah. That's what's so good about this space. It is. You've created a beautiful little space on wheels. <laughs> Go anywhere. Yeah. This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pride Finder, the Rainbow Road Trip was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA plus Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest and reflect the language, thoughts, history and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian State Government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes. Thank you.